side of red or switch they die Rob of the dog who loud his motorbike Looking for legends on the sunset strip With a stone cold paranormal partnership Metro Town Rick tried to sell me some crack Listen to the podcast man and take that shit back It's a legends Podcast about Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Urbane Legend. The Internet's Largest Urban Legends Podcast by Volume. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Chris Flynn, and with me, as always, is my assistant, Mr. Neil Herbert. Not sure I'm liking the assistant bit, Chris, but there we go. Well, that's fine. Work a bit harder and you can move up in the company. That's fine, isn't it? And then, Neil, like you can see here, I've got a, I've got a drink, a nice clear drink. Yeah. It was payday recently, so I am drinking... Drink some water. Well, it is. I've got some fizzy water there, yeah. Nice. And I've got a uh, ginger and hint of lemongrass uh, squash in there. Well, there you go. Very nice. How's that? It's nice. You know what? Like, it. What I like about it is ginger gives you that little kick at the back of the throat, kick, yeah. Which I've all, which I've missed since I stopped drinking whiskey by the bottle. Um. I'm, I realise what I miss most about it is the kick in the back of the throat. Well, that and blocking out traumatic memories, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> those two things. But, yeah. That's what Rufus and Tabasco sauce are for. <laughs> <laughs> Never go to Neil's Chili Shop. Nope. Um, I'll tell you what, though, I, um, I let my cats have a listen to last week's episode about Cat She. Mm, and they it. have been fucking lording it up. No, oh, I imagine. Yeah. I kind of kept them away from uh, legendary cat stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, I very much... I mean, I'd say for... I mean, I was kind of third in the pecking order anyway. Yeah, absolutely. But even Far more yeah. even more so now. Like, I'm not allowed to sleep in my own bedroom. No, no. I have to sleep in the hallway. Yeah. Um, I eat the cat food now, and, and I make them roast dinners yeah. every night. Absolutely. Right, <laughs> So I don't know, like, um, uh, yeah, let us know if uh, you had a similar experience at, at <laughs> Legends of Pain. Uh, yeah. Or whatever. Um, so, Neil, I've been, I've been working in the background, um, moving and shaking mm, okay, right behind yeah. the guy. As your self-appointed agent. Yeah. And... Um, so I am quite advanced in talks, so I can now I can now bring okay, it to yeah. you with GB News to get you in as the science guy. Okay, yeah, you know a bit about you know you, you've got the credentials. Um, just so if people aren't in the UK, uh, what GB News is is uh, so basically um, all the American right, really right wing people and stuff like who use Fox News and all that. They're now like spending loads of money in the UK to try and get us to to where America is, and it's not really working. But I mean, you know, they've they've got a news channel called GB News, which is a bit like Fox News. It's basically right wing propaganda and untruths and stuff. And it's kind of that's bastion of free speech, Chris. It's kind of yeah, but it shouldn't call itself a news channel. <laughs> so that's so it's kind of like under the spotlight a bit at the moment because it probably is illegal according to hey, the it's the home of Nigel Farage's talking points. Talking Pines. I believe yeah. Jacob Rees Mogg has a show on there. What's it called? Mog, Mog Chat? Yeah. Mogologues. That's what he calls it. He, yeah. Jacob's Mogologues instead of monologues. Fuck me. No um, but anyway, so so they, they need a science guy who, let's just say, is willing maybe to. Maybe skeptical about climate change. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, no, um, so I'm going to do a little. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you a question. Ninety-seven percent of climate scientists agree. Hardly a consensus. <laughs> let me. Let me. Let me constantly get the three percent who disagree on. 
So fair and balanced. I'm going to ask you maybe one, maybe two questions, and if you mm-hmm. could just respond how you would do. Yeah, yeah. If you're on GP News, so um, I'll go. I'll throw over to you. Okay, as, okay. as if I'm like the presenter. And recent reports coming out of America have suggested that the new vaccine actually uh, contains chemicals in it, which mean that white parents have ethnically diverse children. Uh, To discuss that in the studio, we have our science correspondent, Neil Herbert. So, Neil, what what do you think of these reports? Well, I think, you know, I mean, what's really interesting is there's a surprising lack of research into this subject. So you have to ask yourself what they're covering up. So you think that that's on purpose? You think that... Well, I, I can only I can only state the facts, Chris. Sorry if they upset, you know, some of the woke blob. Um, the facts are there has been no research into this area. As some might say, it's because it's complete nonsense and there's no point funding it, but, well... well I've given, given up. What's happened there, Neil, is you've given yourself away. Yeah. So, you know... I've got to work on that, haven't I? So let's try let's try something else. Um, so some people say it's just it's just condensation coming out of the jet engines as the uh, air, air cools around them. But some people say we've been sprayed by chemicals from uh, government aeroplanes for many years, causing all kinds of health effects. Uh, Neil, what what's your thinking on the chemtrails? Well, it's certainly an area that we need more research into. Again, it's... Uh, I mean, you'd, you'd look at all of the, uh, the, the mindless sheep walking around these days. What? So would you think that the chemicals that they're spraying are making people uh, less curious, maybe complicit in the left-wing agenda? It certainly seems to be the case, isn't it? Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't think I'm answer. natural for GB news. I'll no, I think we're going to have to work on it. Maybe I'm not. There. I'm not. Uh, see, you, you, the problem with these kind of things, you want somebody a bit more didactic. Somebody who actually is not. If they want somebody really apathetic, I could definitely do them a number there. Mm. You get, That's true. Getting stridently, like um, you know, angry about things. I don't. I just don't care enough. No, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. You. You. You've, you have neither highs nor lows, do you? No, it's not bothered. Calm waters run deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, I, I can't say that was a complete success. Um, I something... wouldn't be very good. Well, because the thing is, people who sell out for money, anything it's oh. uh, it's it's easy. But, no, but that, yeah, but Neil, that's were you thinking about Were you thinking about a million pounds when you were doing that. No, I need I need to I need to motivate myself. Yeah. That's it. You've got to think about the money as you do it. Yeah, exactly. Because if you're just doing it playing a role, you're not going to get anywhere. Whereas what you really need to do is think, if I do this well, I get a million pounds. I'll um I'll study some more Lawrence Fox videos. Yeah. I try and get that that madness. He's quite good at coming out with absolute bullshit. Yeah. Um, so, Neil, is there anything this that uh, you've noticed this week that you want to talk about? <laughs> um, let's have a, let's have a let's have a look at what's going on in that. Well, actually, not, not current affairs per se, but uh, your football team's playing in a bit. That's in good for you, isn't it? There's, yeah, there's a bit of football. There's the uh, the rugby world cup. Ireland are looking really good. Oh, they're right, actually. They beat South Africa and um Smash yeah. Scotland last night. Yeah, but they're gonna they're gonna have to play, I think, New Zealand in the um, in the course. Who they've beaten in New Zealand this year. Who they have, yeah. So, you know, but tricky. It'd be amazing if Ireland are win a World Cup in something. Yeah, I don't kind of want to say nation. at the moment because it would but it would be uh it would be extremely good if they uh, if they won. Yes, it'd be a it'd be a hell of a and it'd be all the rest party. of the plastic paddies will be out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see him win, to be honest with you. It's, yeah, I mean, they, they are world number one and all the rest of it, but this, this, you know, winning a World Cup would be a hell of a thing. Yeah, because you're, you know, quite a small nation like Ireland. It's, uh, yeah, you'd like to see it, but a uh, long way to go. So there you go. There's there's the thing. That's there's something. Like. So, um, Neil, I don't know if, if you, like me, sometimes watch the news and, you know, you get the Vox Pops on it, and it's like someone oh, yeah. in some small town. 
Yeah. And, they, and they come out with some sort what, of... What do you alien... think about... Yeah, what do you think about it? Nineteen sixties brutalist architecture. <laughs> I'm not really bothered. That'd be our response. <laughs> no, they normally ask about Brexit or something, and yeah. they come out with some sort of ill-informed sort of nonsense because they well, because let's not be throwing around those kind of stones, Chris, in our little glass house. I fucking will. Yeah. And, and so, you know, sometimes <clears> I think, do you know what? I wish this town would just disappear. Which town are we talking about? Just a town. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, Neil, did you know that once, possibly, a town actually did disappear? And that's what we're going to be looking at today. Ooh. I see what you've done there. That was good, wasn't it? Nice. I wasn't expecting the twist. I thought we just added. Yeah, because you don't know what this is about. So, uh, we're going to be looking at Lake uh, Anjunking. No, that's not how you spell it. Anjikuni. Sorry. Anjikuni. How an in entire... Japan again? No. Okay. No, it's in uh, northern Canada. Because there was Big a, friendly um... Scotland. <laughs> oh, lovely. Um, I like that. No, there, yeah, because there was, I mean, you. I've heard of like cities disappearing, not cities, um, like, you know, villages disappearing. Like there was a famous, in Wales, they decided that um, Liverpool needed a reservoir. So it's like, yeah, you can. Mm. Move out of your house. It's not, yeah. So it's not. It's not disappeared like overnight. It's not a village that's disappeared due to infrastructure. Infrastructure reasons. (laughs) Um, What's one we did? There was one in India as well. Oh, Kuldahar was it? Yeah, Kuldahar. That's not that. Yeah, Kuldara or Kuldara. Okay, yeah. So Lake Ajikuni. How did an entire village disappear? Mm. And so this is from the website Historic Mysteries. And it's written by uh, Bipin uh, Dimri in April 1st, 2022. Nice. So I'm just going to give... Uh, is this give a real you... place or is this like a yes. basis? Okay, okay. Probably. Probably, yeah. Neil, the story unfolds. Well, we'll find it. We'll find out. So I'm going to quickly give you the little yeah. uh, story card from Unsolved Mysteries Fandom. Uh, so um, the location is a uh, Lake uh, Anjikuni, which is in Nuvut, Canada, and the date of this is 1930, when you oh, okay. were just starting your, your masters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> e. uh, description: uh, Anjikuni Lake is one of several lakes located along the Kazan River in uh, a Kivalik region of Nunavut, Canada. Uh, Nunavut, sorry. The lake shore is notable for rocky outcroppings of the Precambrian Shield. I, mean, I imagine a lot of Canada is kind of like just lakes and rocky outcroppings. That's what kind of thing. Other than the big kind of urban centres. Yeah, have you seen Toronto's. that line where they go like, like 90% of Canadians live below this line and it's actually like lower than the US border with Canada or whatever because they like all live in Toronto and, and yeah, yeah. And so. <laughs> so, being part of the uh, Hearn Domain, Western Churchill province of the Churchill Creton, caribou migrate through the area and the lake contains trout, pike, and Arctic grayling. Sounds a delay. Yeah, but it's if, probably a bit if, cold. If a bit chilly. Yeah. If a little bit chilly. So well, what you what you want is a nice kind of like uh, you know what do they call it? Cabin? Um, no, the uh, Gulf Stream, uh, whatever they call it, the um that warms up the uh Yeah, the Gulf Stream. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's another name for it, but I forgot. Yeah. Uh the North Atlantic Conveyor. Something there's another like name that. for it. Oh, look at me. Um so, in the far north of Canada... Yeah, cl- climate change will do that for us, so... Yeah, no, it'll we'll be fine. Canada up to an acceptable level, and everything will move there. <laughs> Dest- and destroy that. <laughs> Increasingly then... less friendly, populous. <laughs> hey, we fucked up our part of the world. <laughs> Coming up here, yeah? You can grow wine now, yeah? We like that. Yeah. Uh, well, like we've uh, previously... New, Cal- New California. It's like we previously discussed the... Uh, um, Hudson Bay Holiday Resort that we're yes yeah we've, we're looking for investment for. We'll go and live in Maine. We start yeah. building now, then by yeah. the time it's finished, it's going to be like Snap the Met. It all up nice and cheap. Yeah, Hudson Bay will be like late, late Titicaca. Nice. Mm. 
It's what you always wanted, isn't it? Hordes of British holidaymakers coming on and having pie and chips, didn't you? Yeah, oh, watching Only Fools and Horses, yeah. having a roast dinner at lunch in 40 degree heat. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Lovely. They're not even oh, good roast dinners. Depressing things I saw when I was in Spain one time. It was like a, some shop saying, we sell genuine pucker pies. It's like, how is that a selling point? Yeah, probably it's just like a generic knockoff pie that you buy in British fish and chip shops, basically. Yeah, fine. I'll eat a pack. What you've got to remember about, and I think that this has changed very much with, like, it's a generational thing. Yeah. But um, people of the boomer generation, they wanted to go and sit near the sea in the sun, but so that was for a month. They did, but they didn't trust. They didn't trust foreign foods and. You know, a, a major thing was the fact that booze was cheaper. So they just want to go and sit in the sun and, and sort of drink and eat food that that they could get back. Well, so they could get back home, but worse. Right? Yes. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, a bit authentic. No. Um, I think we've become a lot more open-minded since the 90s, at least. Oh, yeah. You know, been a big push for uh, diversity in food and whatnot. I wouldn't write food that you can get in this country. But we live in, again, we live in a, a, a culinary melting pot of a town. Like, you can get any food here. Yeah. But yeah. Maybe not so much if you're in, I'm not going to name a town. Actually, it doesn't matter. Maybe not if you're in Peterborough. I don't, I don't think anywhere you go is going to have like a reasonable variety of, uh, mm. you know. But would there be a reasonable variety in the far north of Canada? Lake Anjikuni can be an inhospitable place. Oh, maybe not then. Who knows? Yeah. Can't don't get know your, demographics alike. Can't get your Sudanese food there. Covered with snow and ice for half the year, the lake forms part of a stream of waterways which local Inuit used to sustain their communities through fishing and trade. Nice. Several villages existed along the shores of the lakes, home to the Inuit, and a welcome resting point for the fur trappers, who braved the far north to hunt beaver and caribou. Used to fucking slaughter beavers by the billions, wouldn't we? To make hats. Yeah, make a lovely beaver skin hat. That'll keep you nice and warm in the tasty, tasty mountains, or the cold, cold mountains. Well, but they they were just like so, like the pelt was sold back to Europe for fashion stuff. Probably that as well, yeah. Well, it's so all the trooping of the colour and all that. They all have beaver skin. I don't know, it's, it's, it's bare, skin. bare skin, skin hats. Yeah. Meant, meant to be. It's not anymore, but, but they call okay. they called that. Um, but something happened to one of the villages in 1930, which means a mystery to this day. Ooh. Is this town just going to be like a big place that mounted? <laughs> Now, they have wooden buildings. I'm sure they do. Mind you, it wouldn't be that cold up in Canada, would it? Yeah, okay. Too, you, too... Yeah, it's cold enough for igloos. Cold enough for, yeah, you could build an igloo, but you wouldn't necessarily live in one, would you? Just, well, like, igloos are more like, they were, the igloos were, they, you use them when you're hunting on the... Yeah, I'm saying you'd hunt... build an igloo only if you were out in, like, complete snow, wouldn't you? Like, if everyone was covered in Yeah, snow. if you're hunting on, like, the ice shelves or whatever, yeah. then you would build that as kind of your hunter's cabin for yeah, the night. Shelf, it's like yeah. they're, yeah, they're not, you don't live there full time. So, a news reporter in The Paz, Manitoba, reported about a small Inuit community off the coast of Lake uh, Anjikuni in 1930. Joel Bell. A well-known fur trapper in the community was passing through the area when he stopped at a village, only discover only to discover that all the people had left. It's like a Marie Ooh. Celeste deal. According to the story, Joe LaBelle discovered an empty camp with six tents, but of the 25 men, women and children who lived there, there was no sign. So if it was only 25, then yeah, I mean, they could well have died of disease. Yes. It's in the 1930s. Yeah. Just pre-antibiotics. Well, they could have just moved on. They could have moved on, yeah. I mean, it's not that many, is it? It's like two families, basically. Or one very large family. Yeah, one Irish family. Um, The story has been retold many times, and many theories have been put forward to explain the disappearances. And actually, it's less than they would have been on the Marie Celeste. All right, why are you always going on about the Marie Celeste? 
No, you mentioned it earlier. Nonsense. And I never and mentioned it. He did. He mentioned I think it. sometimes you hear what you want to hear. Literally 30 seconds ago. Well, I literally this didn't say been, that. This is being recorded. Yeah, so. we'll go back and listen. I didn't mention it. Okay. So, many theories have been put forward to explain disappearances from the plausible to the outlandish. What happened to the small Inuit community out there in the frozen north of Canada? So, the village that vanished. Joe Bell, a Canadian fur trapper, was wandering near uh, Anjikuni Lake in the Northwest Territories of Canada. On a freeze. Oh, lake. It'll be the Frosty Boys that we spoke about a few weeks back. The Frosty Boys? You know, they turn up Bear and boys. show you a dead body of your wife and then, then you find, go home and find out she's died or something. Oh, the Black River Ghost Ship River Ghost Boys, yeah. Or it could be the Kushtaka, the mm. sexy, shape-shifting, uh, were-otters or whatever they are. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> All blends into one after a while. Oh, yeah. That's not our fault. It's the storyteller's fault. Yeah. Um, so, uh, he was wandering near Anjikuni Lake in the Northwest Territories of Canada on a freezing November day in 1930. He entered the village in search of lodging after learning of an Inuit settlement nearby, only to find it utterly deserted. Whatever had happened had taken the villagers completely unawares. During his search, he discovered incomplete garments with needles still in them, as well as foods hung over fire pits, but no traces of violence or conflict that would have explained the people's absence. You know, this is quite like the Mary Celeste, and it's, mm-hmm. um, although, yeah, that was that was all turned out to be a lot of bollocks, so I'm wondering if it's a similar Arthur Conan Doyle type thing where somebody wrote this up. Maybe. True. Who knows? Who knows? We'll find out, I guess. Moving through the village, LaBelle found seven sled dogs still tied to their post. They had starved to death. Ooh. These dogs would have been vital to the survival of the community, and to leave them behind would have been almost unthinkable. Well, that beggars belief. <laughs> what, pe- what are they doing? So all the people have disappeared, is this mm-hmm. right? So there's, there's a, a kettle that's still on the go, still on the blower. Something like that. There's a phone ringing. Yep, phone ringing. Yeah. TV still there's on. A, there's a, a, a still warm pot noodle. Yeah, there's a yeah. The, someone's someone's playing FIFA. It's just on pause. Yeah, but um, no, nobody to be found. Yeah, there's a Breville sandwich toaster with a burnt uh, Breville sandwich. The thing in is, it. back in the um, back in the 1930s, a PS4 would have been like, like extremely advanced equipment. So you it would have been. Just, yeah, you would have. You would have needed that, that. You wouldn't have left it. Yeah, no. it'd be very valuable. Would have cost you quite a lot of otter pelts. Yeah. Or beaver pelts, whatever. Um, but then, on the edge of the village, LaBelle found something even more chilling. Ooh. A human grave had been recently dug up. Zombie. Because, <laughs> because the stones... Zombie attack. Because <laughs> the stones encircling the burial were undisturbed, LaBelle recognised it wouldn't have been an animal. A human had done this. Are you the real monsters, Chris? <laughs> As ever. So they've gone, right, we've got to leave. Like, let's dig up Uncle, let's dig up Uncle, Grandma. Uncle Frankie. Take it with us. Yeah. And Over the shelf. And still on that. <laughs> We're not going to take off the dogs. Putrid bits. Yeah. He informed the Northwest Mounted Police, the Mounties who launched an investigation into disappearances, but no one from the village was ever located. It was as if they had vanished into thin air. Wondering how rigorous an investigation the mountains did. Uh, not very. Yeah. Um, so have you, what do you reckon has happened so far? Before we go into some, some more of the uh, possi- possible There's explanations. Um... Okay, so they've they've left their dogs behind, but they definitely wouldn't want to travel with those. But so, they've left their dogs behind, but they've taken the corpse. They've taken the what corpse. does that tell us about their mindset? <laughs> I think they're disoriented. I think they've had some some bad hooch. They're, uh, they're all tripping off there, you know, and um, they've dug up grandma and then... What? Yeah, there's one of them off. pretend they're a dog and has <laughs> pulled on the sled and has pulled it and pulling everyone else along. 
You reckon that's what's happened? Yeah. That's okay. that. It's as good a theory as any, Neil. It's, it's not, is it? It's clearly, yeah. it's clearly the worst theory you could have come up with. You haven't seen some of these. Okay, um, fair enough. <laughs> an unexplained mystery. This unsolved mystery... Can't make, can't make bricks without straw, Chris. Not enough data here. It's just an open grave and some missing things. And some left things. Yeah. This unsolved... And like a crossword that, you know, hadn't been quite finished. Yeah. They have written in half a word. Yeah. The unsolved mystery has attracted many investigations over the years. Mm. Brian Dunning of the Skeptoid website investigated the instance and tracked it back to an original... Yeah. Traced it back to the original newspaper article written by Emmett Keller on November 29th, 1930. He pointed out, well, he is from the Skeptoid website. Yeah. He pointed out various discrepancies in the original tale, such as the fact that the missing Inuit kayaks would not have been battered by wave action if the lake was frozen at that time. It's quite a, quite a little thing to sort of pick him around the edges. He also highlighted that in succeeding retellings, the village's alleged population grew larger and other details were inflated. Mm-hmm. Later stories added even more unlikely details. This is what happens, though. Yeah, exactly. It's telephone it's in the telling of the tale. Nigel Blundell and Roger Ball's book, World's Greatest UFO Mysteries, talks of these trappers who saw a UFO in the vicinity, along with gross exaggerations, such as a thousand people missing and a whole graveyard full of exhumed bodies. Yeah, so that's, you see a thousand, that's a real mystery. I think mean, it's sort of like, if we're talking, you know, like a dozen or something. Mind you, leaving the dogs behind, that's weird. It is, isn't it? It is a little bit. It is, isn't Maybe it? Maybe they all died in the cold. But why would they not, why would their bodies not be there? Oh, you know. Do they? What do you mean, the dogs had died? No, the dogs had died. They got out and realised the dogs had died. They're like, oh, we'll have to go somewhere else. Let's get out of here. <clears throat> well, we're done for animal cruelty. So, the police team eventually determined that the Inuit had been missing for about eight weeks before LaBelle arrived. They never found out why the entire village had evacuated the area. As if the story wasn't bizarre enough, while examining the incident, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police officers reported seeing mysterious pulsing lights in the sky over Lake Anjikuni. Pulsing lights now? Yeah. UFOs, they didn't, have any, they didn't need huskies, but they wanted Raves. to see some people. Yeah. They went to a rave. Oh, yeah, probably, yeah. This was, this was the 87 then, yeah. So yeah, 1930s, that's when yeah. um, Electro Swing came out. Yeah, that's when they opened the Hacienda, wasn't it? Yes, and the song Dupe hit the charts. Yeah. Uh, lights in the sky of northern Canada are not unusual. The northern lights are a stunning natural phenomenon that can be seen from even mm, the farthest reaches. Yeah, 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 of course you can. Well, you can see them in uh, northern England, supposedly. Sometimes. These days, you know, yeah, well, a couple of times on it last year, I think, yeah. Yeah, you can become a pudding. Yeah, I mean it's anywhere because that's where the it's just atmospheric um, conditions. Well, it's where the it's where the the sun's bits hit the magnetic. Yeah, yeah, hit the magnetic magnetic shield. Which Neil, we'd be fucked without because the cosmic rays would smash Mm. us. Wouldn't be very good for the DNA. Wouldn't be good for the DNA at all, would it? All them free radicals. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's the same thing. The Northern Lights are a stunning natural phenomena that can be seen from Thinking even the sun now. Dun, 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 dun. They won't come up for new radicals. Oh, new no. radicals. I was thinking of the fine young cannibals for some reason. Oh, okay. Um, the Northern Lights are a stunning natural phenomena that can be seen from even the farthest reaches of the country. 
but the lights this search and rescue personnel discovered were nothing like the natural beauty they were used to viewing. I mean, well, there could be all kinds of things. Couldn't it? it could have been like a particularly active solar event. Could have been, yeah. could have been bits of meteor or something. It could be, yeah, it could be lots of things, but I'm not sure a, how the Hollywood party. To Hollywood party. Well, no, I mean, what um, they're saying is there's ghosts. We've come to this place where these people have disappeared and there's a weird phenomena going on. Right. That's how it's related. And we haven't seen it, and we're the Royal Mounted Police, so we hang around here quite a lot. Yeah. That's the relation now. I mean, alien activity or possibly parallel universe. Yeah, or paranormal activity. Mm -hmm. So, unlike the Northern Lights, the lights they observed on the horizon were bluish and pulsing. So it's probably okay. just police, just police. Yeah, but it's your own car. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the lights, like the rest of the enclosure, were never explained, nor was any link to the missing villagers established. However, various ufologists speculated in the late 20th century, they love speculating, that the residents of this village may have been the unwitting victims of one of history's largest extraterrestrial abductions. That's today, isn't it? And they normally put them back, though. We only want you to love us, human. Come beyond the moon. Um, despite the fact that the evidence supporting this idea is anecdotal at best, the assumption is both intriguing and terrifying. Could aliens have taken an entire village? It would explain their sudden disappearance and the failure of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police to find any trace. You can't, Another. you can't dust for alien can't dust fingerprints. For yeah. Can't dust for Would alien. they even have fingerprints? Who knows? Would they even have fingers, Chris? Would they call them fingers? Tentacles? Well, they probably, probably not. Probably wouldn't speak English. Probably wouldn't speak English, would they? So how no. would you find out? Yeah. Very good. Yeah. And we can't even speak to dolphins. How the fuck are we going to talk to aliens? Do you know what I mean? That's well, what people be a misunderstanding. Forget. There will always be a misunderstanding. That's why we need more nukes. That's <laughs> why we need to invest heavily in more nukes. In, in, yeah, space space defences. Space lasers, something like that. I just realised we shouldn't use them against one another. They should be for the terrifying threat. Oh, you mean test them against one another? Oh, yeah. Well, apparently that's like nuclear stuff is what the UFOs are kind of always like hanging around and shutting off and all that kind of stuff, isn't it? I saw, um, I'm, I'm gonna do probably an episode of this, but there's like, lo there was loads, you know, the on history channel again. No, I think this one was on Netflix. Um, <laughs> but there was, uh, after the Fukushima nuclear disaster, yeah, like, and there's like really good, I'm surprised I haven't seen it before, there's really good, like video you know, okay. and there is loads of fucking weird lights and stuff in the sky hmm. like over the like over the, the um, area and stuff yeah, yeah. so don't know it could be a natural phenomenon that we don't know about or you know i don't know like but there yeah, it's weird hmm. there's a okay. there's what like after um and i don't like i've not looked into the veracity of this but no. there were there was they were saying in this thing that um this docu-series that after like when chernobyl reactor four like went like when there was the big fire there the radiation levels were like off the charts like yeah 700 whatever bits per millisecond i don't know <laughs> um, yeah. but they saw like ufos they saw lights in the sky and then, like, really quickly, it went really, like, like back to kind of like a, like a reasonable level. It's almost oh, okay. like it, like they'd kind of fucked around, like the, like whatever the lights are, had fucked around with the, with the new, the, the radiation and made it more survivable. So I don't know. It's interesting that they mm. always kind of seem to hang around the UFO. The UFOs always hang around the, um, if you know. Whatever, or UFOs or whatever. Let's just call them unidentified lads. Yeah. They um, always hang around kind of the um, atomic shit. 
I don't know. Maybe we maybe we punched some kind of hole into. Maybe we knocked on the door of another dimension, Neil. I don't Could know. Be. I don't know. I don't know how interdimensional nuclear stuff is. Do you? I haven't done the research. There you go. See. Okay. There we go. I I struggle. Like I'm 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 fairly okay with science stuff. I struggle with interdimensional stuff, to be honest. Yeah, not a, not an expert. Once you get over fourth, then that's me. That's me done. What do I reckon now? They've, they've, they've upped it to about 15. Just up to three, in my opinion. I think the thing is, like, by by definition, like, we're not really built to comprehend it. Well, no. Um, so, another perspective, Neil. Of course, sceptics will look for a more down-to-earth explanation for the disappearance of the villagers. <sighs> Starting, like they would, the shits, yeah. with questioning the original Unbelievable theories. Idiots. LaBelle claimed to have been a seasoned trapper who knew the region well, but records shown that he had never taken out a hunting licence before 1930. No, I just didn't want the paperwork. Didn't need the headache. That's it. Or... It's a bit of, you know, a little bit weird, a little bit... Ooh. Or did it with his bare hands. Yeah. A proper trapper. Yeah. Didn't need a piece of paper to be a trapper. My granddad always said. Did he? <laughs> I'm imagining that's what this guy would say. Right. Comes from a long line of trappers. <laughs> um, so Kelleher, the journalist who broke the story, has been accused of exaggeration in his writings before. And one of the pictures used in his article was proven to be decades old. That's a stock photo. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Based on these it's just an Yeah, exactly. It's just an old woodcut. Take everything so literally. Trying to put a story together here. Based on these questions and a lack of proof as to the village, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police dismissed the story as fabricated in 1931 and closed the case. Or, what are they hiding? Exactly. They just knew it's best you don't get too involved, cover it up and move on. And just like that, the villagers disappeared for a second time, first their homes and then the history books. The evidence for it being a fabrication is only circumstantial and no doubt welcomed by the investigating authorities as a quick solution to the mystery. Yeah. Uh, do you want a crime number? Um, the lack of... A, the insurance, but otherwise it's made up, yeah. <laughs> the lack of a uh, trapping licence does not mean that LaBelle did not know the region or the village. There are plenty of, plenty of trappers operating illegally at the time. Sure as well as traders and merchants operating between the villages. Kelleher may have been discredited in the past, but this alone is not sufficient to dismiss the story. He had many years of experience as a journalist, and his interest in the sensational may have been the very thing that led him to LaBelle's account. True. But it's, that's the thing, isn't it? If you're a journalist, it's the boy who cried wolf thing. Well, caught, once, you, once you caught caught chatting shit once, once. Yeah. can we be trusted again? Talk shit, get slapped. Yeah. If these two men were telling the truth about what they saw, then an entire village disappeared, and nothing was done to investigate. What were the strange lights in the sky? And where did the people go? Why were the dogs left to starve? Most chillingly of all, who had been in the empty grave? Native American myths are filled with evil creatures, cannibals, and monsters who haunt the forests and badlands of their great continent. Maybe LaBelle had just missed an encountering such a monster in the frozen wilderness of the North. Maybe. A lot of ifs and buts, yeah. So, uh... So, I've got, um... Got a little bit more here. So the earliest recorded publication about the Anjikuni Lake is a 1976 citation of an article from November 29th, 1930, written by an Emmett E. Kelleher, uh, 
in an article in The Bee from Danville, Virginia, later confused with the Halifax Herald newspaper. So did it only get reported about in the 70s? I'm getting a bit confused here. It happened in the 30s. Yeah. And did it get reported again about in the 30s, or did it just get dug up and reported well, about it, yes. later on? So it was reported in a newspaper called The Bee from Danville, Virginia. When? In the November 29th, 1930. Oh, okay, so yeah, so well, there was contemporary accounts as well. No, that's fine. So, so here's here's kind of uh, this is in the unsolved mysteries wiki, and it says that it's that the case is solved. So we'll see if we agree. Dunning believed the story was invented by Frank Edwards for his 1959 book, Stranger Than Science, when he could not find a copy of the original Halifax Herald newspaper article. However, researchers eventually traced it to the Bee newspaper from Danville, Virginia. This is the earliest version of the story. Although Joe LaBelle was a real person, there's been no verification of him ever coming across the real village and the Royal Canadian Mounted Police had numerous requests for their notes on the case, but no such evidence of an investigation has been found. So I don't think that that's necessarily solved. No. Uh, right, let's see what else there is. So, I mean, actually, like, it... So it, it does... It doesn't feel... It feels like a mystery still to me. Well, yeah. So, 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 sorry. Take me through that one again. How have they? How have they claimed it's been solved? Well, I think what they're so. So, I think what they were saying is, well, we didn't like the original article wasn't found or whatever, and they're saying, oh, well, actually, it was. So, um, but but the case itself isn't. So the thing, yeah. like, so, so it was it was miscredited to the Halifax Herald newspaper, okay. but they actually found the article from the 30s in the B newspaper, which was in Danville, Virginia. Okay, so somebody had claimed that actually there wasn't an original 30s article, it was just made up in the 70s, mm. and therefore there's no, you know, it's just a made-up yeah. story afterwards. But then they found it in a different place. Yeah, yeah. so it was well, just... There you go. So whether or not the original article is true, we don't know, but, yeah, assuming it is, there's still that mystery, as you say. Yeah. Um... I mean, so, you know, we don't know whether it was like one person in a tent or, you know, 5,000 people disappearing. So, that's, as well, if you're going to embellish it, and then just, you know, say like the entirety of the San Siro disappeared or something. The what? Like, I don't know, football stadium. <laughs> or like, the, the, the Giuseppe Miazza. Yeah. Or, uh, so I've got, um, there's a couple of stories here about it, which I'll, I'll go through. Go on then. So, um, so in addition to all the sci-fi versions, there are also more realistic stories about it. Okay. So, internet users found out that there was a hunting license thing that he wasn't a professional, made it up. But at the yeah. time, many hunters didn't have licenses, so it could yeah, be yeah true. I can imagine it probably wasn't. Well, you wouldn't bother, would you? Like out in the middle of fucking nowhere? Well, who's going to just... check out? If you're well, just well, like, you're hunting... police, you just you just distract them by pointing them at their own, yeah, shiny their own silence, yeah. How confusing. So, uh, now, let's leave the snows of Canada and head for the hot plains of Indiana. Oh, India, sorry. No, I said that. Oh, no, this is a different thing. Sorry, you oh, no. Are you it's back a... to that story we already did around India where there was a disappearance. Yeah, yeah, it's just about, just it's just about another... another <laughs> yeah, yeah, another one that's disappeared about, in it India. It's Kildara. Oh, it's, it's Kildara again, is it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can see here there's different things, different, like, on the allthat'sinteresting.com, it says, despite numerous investigations, the 2,000 Inuits were never seen again. Yeah, so I mean, it's gone up from 25, isn't it? Wildly, um, you know, because I think probably what happened here is that, you know, they might have been a, there might have been a whole load of people who'd had to either escape from something or, I mean, the, 
I think probably what it is is that there are a bunch of people who sort of went out and then got, you know, somehow got lost and trapped in the cold or something and never came back. Um, and then they just embellished all the other stuff. There never was an empty grave or, you know, the dead yeah. dogs, you know, that kind of... This is what we found with the Marie Celeste, wasn't it? So basically most of the juicy details were actually a load of odd nonsense. Yeah, I mean... So, I mean, it's, you know, I'm just going to read this. And, and it was a fully crude shit that came in. And... Um, so, yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's been debunked fully. No, there is... Um, and then it's quite an interesting one, because it's... Uh, I mean, yeah, that, that would be my guess. It's like, like, how can you explain why there's an empty grave and, you know, so, a load of missing, you know, dogs? So I think, all... I think all the stuff about there Basically. still being a, it's like with the Marie Celeste, like, oh, there was still yeah. those are all embellishments. I suspect that were made people cooking and whatever, all yeah. that stuff might have been embellished. It could be that the dogs bits embellished. Someone could have just found like an abandoned village. Essentially, and that can happen for many reasons. Which they may have just yeah migrated to go somewhere else. Doesn't even necessarily mean it was a disaster or what have you, or it could have had an accident or yeah. So you, know, um, you get like ghost, you get ghost towns and stuff all over the US, and I don't know how much it happens in Canada, but certainly it's well, it's a big. It place, sounds like isn't quite it? a small populace, yeah, exactly. So or it could well be if you're out that, in the wilderness, you might well decide to up. Well, if they're hunters and trappers, yeah. if they're hunters and trappers, it could well be that they have these little villages set up, and yeah. they don't, then they they go between them depending where the caribou is or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, they live that a spot's not good for hunting anymore or something for whatever or reason. It's a, or like it's the wrong season, so yeah. we'll go to a place further, like 50 miles further north or whatever. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's not um, not unusual. So I'm just going to read this bit because it looks like it might be uh, funny. So I don't know if it's, a, it's not about the same story, but... Go for it. Fuck it, we've got time. It's off mysteriousstrip.com. There are tons of stories of people who mystifyingly vanished in the past. Take the unusual case of Orion Williamson. He was a farmer in Selma, Alabama. He allegedly disappeared into thin air right in front of his children, wife and two neighbours while strolling across his home. The entire community started searching for him. However, he was nowhere to be found. Although the farmer's son had sworn that he'd heard his father's ghostly cries coming from the field for several weeks after his disappearance. Fell down a well. <coughs> huh? Fell down, down a well. Could just be a pothole or something, couldn't it? Yeah. Not a pothole. Um, or a sinkhole or something. Sinkhole, yeah. yeah. Or it could have been like, you know, kind of, you get slightly misty mornings. Yeah. He could have just gone, right, can they still see me? Nope. Right, I'm out of here. He was doing the walking downstairs illusion behind a rock. <laughs> just going into the, the basement snapped his ankle <laughs> got eaten by a dingo yeah got eaten by a bear and then so another one there comes the case of a shoemaker james burn warson from warwickshire england or if okay, you're well, that was like it for the disappearance yeah, guy it. then that was just yeah, it just just someone like disappeared nobody figured that out nope that's it i didn't murder my husband's you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm moving I'm, with the neighbour. No. Polyamorous relationship yeah. with my neighbours. I don't know what happened to him. He just disappeared one day. So this is from Warwickshire, England, or if you're American, Warwickshire. Warwickshire, yeah, brilliant. Uh, James' predilection for boasting about his long-distance running capabilities had it's ultimately hilarious. weakened the patience of his drinking buddies. <laughs> oh, it's getting driving mad, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah, I can oh. run 40, 50 miles. Yes, sub three hour marathon. No worries. <laughs> A sub three, three minute mile. They challenged him to run 40 miles from Leamington to Coventry. Warwick took the challenge, and within an hour, the three of them were on their way to jock. So I said, boozed up. Right, run 40 miles then. Right, I will. That is so unlike any pub conversation I've had. <laughs> Might have run round to the kebab shop. If I run, I mean, amble very slowly. Yeah, well, you know. Watson gave the impression of enjoying himself. He was running at hard speed and teasing his friends until he uh, slipped 20 feet. He behind two pubs and, <laughs> and come back to the pub. Yeah, yeah. fucking fuck off there. So until yeah, he... He did Coventry, dickhead. <laughs> so he... 
he slipped 23 in front of his friends, so he got, got ahead yeah. of them. I think I'm not, but the thing is like this. I'd quite happily say, all right, prove it. You do it, right? Go and run 40 miles then. I'm yeah. not running with them. No, no, exactly. Bring me we'll proof. Get a taxi and see at the other end. Yeah, well, yeah. Wise and Burns saw in morbid fear their friend falling right in front of them with a dreadful cry of trepidation and vanishing before their very eyes, the very drunken eyes. <laughs> Same as in the case of Williamson, Warson was never to be found. <laughs> well, there you go, the reg- regretted their uh, men, but impatience drunk, now, didn't they? Drunk men murder loudmouth pub, <laughs> pub man. Yeah, pub or murdered. Um, so these are characters of... This is round uh, as well. Huh? This is round as well. Yeah, I mean, I've, seen a few, I've seen a few people disappear when it's that yeah. round. <laughs> these occurrences of inexplicable vanishing are genuine. Something that even witnesses find hard to explain. Hey, check out this. Unbelievable. A mystery of twin Codini villages. Whatever the case may be, the fact... Uh, would always be in history that during a chilly November night in 1930s, roughly 30 men, women and children abandoned their homes, disappearing from the earth. And this, regardless of the vocal argument of debunkers all over the world, yeah, sticking their noses in. Uh, what do you know about it, John from Gabon? Uh, the mystery of Anjikuni Lake's village disappearances still exists, and although we may never find out what happened to those poor souls, whether they were murdered or an alien abducted them, we could all only anticipate that wherever they are, hoping for them to be in a better place. There you go, Neil. So hopefully they're in a better place. There's an ending for you. Yeah, didn't make a lot of sense. No, we well, um, didn't have a lot to work with, in fairness. No, like myself, with this episode. Um, so, Neil. So, it is a mystery. It, like, oh, it's it's, not a, it's a bona fide mystery, absolutely. I thought that it had been debunked, but actually where it says solved, that actually is just solving just, yeah. the origin of the story. So, uh, okay. Cool, well, let's go through our scoring system. Yes. So, drag it out any further. Um, <laughs> Neil, spookiness. Yeah, it's quite spooky. I mean, people just up and going missing is always, as you say, I mean, once we've done in the past, generally it's around embellishments and things like that, which I suspect is the case in this. You know, the well, I mean, you say the press weren't necessarily regarded for their veracity in the 30s. I mean, I think you stay as contemporary media, frankly. Um, towards all of us, um, but yeah. I think the idea of uh, people will find it, I suppose, partly between the sort of intriguing and spooky, but the idea that you just suddenly vanish and something could happen. I think the unknown's quite frightening, isn't it? That's something mm. where it's just kind of like, because then, you, then you, you don't, you know, a bit like with a Blair Witch project, that's why I found that maybe quite spooky, because you don't really know what's happening. They, they, they lay some things down for you. Um, I don't find the idea of, this is why I think really the things like the, the mystery's probably more spooky than anything. It's like the, when they sort of talk about UFOs and stuff like that, I don't know, just takes the edge off for me. But, yeah, um, a whole village just... Well, it'd be weird as well, because you're in the wilderness, aren't you? And so, yeah. you, you, so you're so you not going to find... It's not like you're walking through town and there's an abandoned building. You're in the wilderness and there's, like, this little town and there's... Yeah, no you out. imagine something bad has happened. Um, this is where your brain goes to. And I think there's the uh, the little elements as well, like the, the grave being dug up and the, um, you know, the dogs having all died of um, having all starved because everyone's just disappeared. Yeah, I think there's some spooky little elements. I mean, it's not intrinsically the most spooky, but I think there's, there's enough there. So I'm going to give it a six. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's... A... So I think what makes it more spooky is... So I'm, I'm not necessarily buying into clothes half being made and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think yeah. that's embellishment. But, I mean, it, it doesn't... I think that it, the... The building, like to me at least, feels like they were kind of maintained. Yeah. So it wasn't like sort of like you, just the foundations of a building or something. It sounds like you know they were functioning, and so therefore someone had kind of looked after them. Um, and I guess if you're that far, kind of in the middle of nowhere, to put that effort into kind of keeping your buildings working and stuff, then you know you would think that's quite 
quite a lot. You wouldn't just abandon it. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't just abandon it. Yeah, it's like quite quite a high quite a high amount of your energy and calories yeah. and stuff for used and doing it. Um yeah, um the blue lights and stuff. I mean, it could be it could have been a thunderstorm in the distance, do you know what I mean? Like the the thing is like it's all weird skies up in that that neck of the woods in there. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean who knows? All sorts of atmospheric effects. In the Arctic, it's all kind of crazy skies. Um, the dogs being dead would be horrible to come across. Um, I think that, you know, if the dogs are really part of it, then that's the weird thing, isn't it? Like, why were they? Yeah, well, it, could yeah. be that, it could be that the dogs got got into some rancid meat or something and ate it. I don't know. But, don't know. Yeah. but you, you know, a whole pack of dogs going. Um, do you find... Do you find like like snowy wilderness particularly spooky? A particularly spooky kind of place to be? I'm not sure. I I mean it's it's threatening because of you kind of um, you're on the limit of survivable for humans. But I don't know if I I don't, don't really put kind the, of snow like snow and paranormal together. Really, it's not the thing itself. Although they did that in the thing, which is quite a clever movie. You know, it's quite cleverly placed yeah. in terms of the movie. But it's more the fact that when shit goes down, you're fucked. Mm. You know, it's not yeah. that intrinsically by itself. It's it's a spooky environment, but it's very inhospitable. So if something goes wrong, you quickly realise how, how well. And I guess because it's so because how close it's stuff you are, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, you've got less. You can't got really less escape. Elbow room. You know, you're not you're not getting out. It'd be like in being in the middle of the desert. You know, you're if you have to run away or something, that's it. You know, you don't you yeah. know where to go. And I guess the thing is, well, because it's wilderness, then you don't know there could be stuff there which hasn't been discovered yet. Um, yeah. But I'm going to give it a four nil um, for me. Um, so believability. Well, it all kind of comes down to whether you believe the newspaper report or not. Um, which, I mean, I haven't seen anything. Not a bloke not having a hunting license. Don't care, right? That doesn't no, mean anything. It's perfectly. Um, so it comes down to you know. I don't like. It's not. So it's not some. I mean, despite the fact that people have painted a paranormal varnish on it, it's not necessarily paranormal that people have found to the village. So that it's not inherently unbelievable. Um, you know, I doubt if the people who lived in the village had decided we you know there's too much there's too many fucking trappers around here we're gonna fuck off further north or whatever or, or you know that's where the caribou yeah. are going now um i doubt whether it's not like they could have like sent them an email to find out where they are do you know what i mean like these yeah, are yeah. people who live out in the middle of nowhere so they could have gone way north and you would never know no. so um, so I'm going to give it an eight for believability because it's not been debunked. Um, but I'm taking two off because I don't trust newspapers. Yeah, kind of except similar. except the Guardian. Similar logic for me, to be honest with you. It's kind of like, yeah, I mean, whether or not you believe, I mean, it, it, it could be a made up story. Even more possible, it could be a more embellished story. Yeah, um, I think we don't know, and I suspect a level of embellishment. So I wouldn't give it a sort of ten or whatever either, but. None of the intrinsic facts we take out. Some of the explanations, are, yeah, are unbelievable. I mean, some people going missing from a village. Again, some the, the dogs in the grave might embellishments might not that that makes it less believable to me, but more mysterious. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, a bunch of people going missing from from a village, and if it, you know, if it truly is like you know, twenty people or something like that, or twenty five. Um, the reasonable know, amount, that's a community yeah it's yeah it's a, it's a community sized thing but it's, it's an amount where they could have all gone out together mm-hmm. for various reasons so even though it's mysterious I don't think it's no, there's nothing in here that's intrinsically unbelievable so yeah I'll give it an 8 as well 8 nice uh, now I said premise Neil yeah I think with a, with a lot of these things I mean the human brain always wants to have a, an ending for things and it wants to complete a, a sort of pattern so again it, it you can come up with some simple explanations, but it's more satisfying to come up. I mean, this is why I think I rail against the UFO things because it's again, it's too pat. It's like you know, they will probably get annoyed about me doing a skeptic thing, going, "Oh, well, they all could have gone off hunting somewhere else instead." Yeah, it's like, well, I don't, I don't really have any evidence for that. And the, the UFO is just a similar, uh, just as pat an answer for me as well. It's you know, if you're well, looking, it's like, it's like going angels took them. Yeah, or God did it. You know, it's, if, yeah. if you've got that in your head, then it's you can always you can always reach to that, or a wizard done it, or something. It's just a a quick answer to something, whereas 
Yeah, you want if so, you got if you got a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah, and and this is the one thing that's kind of like well, this is the one thing where there's a problem with these things. It's a bit like you know you have things like Lost and stuff like that. And when you set up a mystery box kind of thing, it's a really compelling start, but they normally don't have great endings because you at some point you've got to explain something. Um, so yeah, exactly because it's you know it's very very hard to stick the landing on a mystery and actually making it as compelling as um, as compelling as the uh, the mystery itself. Um, yeah, so on that basis, I think yeah, there's there's definitely the elements where you set up a good story on this, but I, I think you would end up sort of disappointing people because it, really it's the mystery that is the prime element. So I'm going to give it six and a half. I've done a half for a while now. Because I do actually quite enjoy mystery box stories, but they're inevitably almost always disappointing at the end. So I think there is good narrative premise, but uh, I don't think you could you could end it very well. So I think that you you can like go outside the box and have the the village is actually just a front, and underneath the floorboards is a passageway. You could have a portal. Yeah. You could have you could have a secret. You could have a secret. Um, US facility yeah. where they you could have all sorts, couldn't you? Make it like Stranger Things, um, but less annoying. Um, or Wayward Pines, did you ever see that one? Yeah, no, I saw, yeah, some it of turns it. out they're all 3,000 years in the future or some bollocks. Wayward Pines, basically, they, I mean, Matt Damon, That's... I think he was, or someone, or no, not Matt Damon, Matt Dillon, um, turns up in a village, hmm. um, and it's being haunted by monsters or something. It's a Steven Spielberg thing, isn't it? No, I don't even know. It was like a TV show. Yeah, I know, but I think it's Spielberg. Oh, it, might, it might have been right. I don't know. He yeah. might have he might have made an ambient um, thing or some product, his production company, but I doubt he touched it, touched it with a board. Well, I think um, it was. I think it was probably like a short story that he did that they man made into like a three series. Oh, you mean I Stephen thought, King? Yeah. So what did I say? You it's Steven Spielberg, I think. Or I oh, sorry. Energy. Yeah, no, yeah, Stephen I was King. I going to say, yeah. It could have been Stephen King. It's a similar sort of thing that he'd done or somebody's very influenced by him. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. But yeah, I think the the twist in the end, but actually it's quite an original one, is that it was, I think it was like, that it would be frozen or something and it was 2,000 years in the future or something ridiculous. So Oh, I think were... is it, yeah, there's like, um, there's like a, a ring around the town. Yeah, it's something like that. And you can't like... leave because there's these oh, monsters yeah, yeah, that yeah, catch you. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's something they're like that. They're in the future, but they're, they're in like the future. a big twist at the end of season one. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. But if you let people know, then they'll all go mad because they'll yeah. kill and themselves the, or something. There's like mutants outside or whatever. Yeah, like the the, the it's just a post apocalyptic yeah. wasteland, basically. Yeah. Yeah, no, I have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously it didn't stick with me particularly. That's <laughs> not particularly like I say, it was it was it was intriguing and then you it, it sort of worked to the extent they came out with a really outlandish solution, mm. but then again it's it's kind of dumb. So yeah. Um Right, so uh, so I'm going to give it. I'm going to give Wayward Pines five point five. There, yeah, there you go. Lovely. So Reach, um, I think it's fairly well known on the internet and stuff, but I, I haven't really heard of it. Um, I think it may be known a bit in Canada. It's not that old, um, so I'm going to give it a Reach of four now. Yeah, I, I've never heard of it. I can't. I'm not sure this one's got much. Of it. I mean. I've not seen anything about it being, didn't hear anything about like movies or TV shows or things. It's let me have a look and see if there is. Have a quick look on Wiki to see whether it's. uh, There is a Wiki. Some Canadian community theatre have done a play about it or something. Was a musical. Uh... No. It's been on the world's great. It's been on like a couple of UFO history right, yeah. two things. Yeah, they just go looking for anything and try and turn it into a UFO mystery, don't they? Yeah, I think it's a free for me. I don't. I don't think this has got much breach. Okay, and that gives us an overall score of forty-five. So not too shabby. Um, oh, do you know what? Like, I'm quite. It's it's good that it's still a mystery. I like. Yeah, the fact I'm that quite glad because when I skim read some articles, I saw, I thought it had been sort of completely debunked, but actually, it turns out it hasn't. So, um, yeah, yeah. it's a perfectly rational explanation. But uh, hey. and it's very very high north now. I'm having a look at where the lake is now. Yeah, so it's you know more likely that yeah, all sorts of things can happen. But yeah. It's a, yeah. a nice little. Uh, you know what they say about snow? 
covers it does all the tracks. It covers your tracks. Snow yeah. uh, keeps your secrets. Yes. Snow knows how to keep its mouth shut. That's what that's what they yeah. always say. Um. So on that terrifying note, that terrifying note. Let's hope for some snow. Yeah. And um, yeah, if you want to send us email. What no, nobody actually thinks about is the, the climate f- changes affect on serial killers. I know. Live out in snowy regions. Well, I mean, they're going to hide all the bodies. Well, I think on carbon dioxide. Well, the thing is with serial killers is that they're adaptable. So although they won't be able to use the, the snow's notorious uh, tight lipsness yeah. to do it, the grounds will be easier to dig. So it's true. Yeah. They just just do what the rest of us do and bury them. Concrete, yeah. That's you know, <laughs> urban. For our urban, our urban tactics are. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you want to email us? It's urbane.legends.pod at gmail.com. Uh, we're on. Uh, ideas about hiding corpses. Hiding bodies. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Um, we've got the Twitter, which is Legends Urbane. And uh, leave a comment on whatever. You're not going to do any of this, but I'll keep keep saying it in yeah. case one day someone mistakenly catches catches this plea for attention. Um, but that's it for this week. I uh, hope you have a nice time and whatever. And I'll see you next Thursday. Goodbye. Goodbye.